We've got uh, solar panels and also the big 400 watt solar panel behind us there. And why does this matter? Because of course, right now we are dealing with massive risk of blackouts and the power grid is just failing, you know, intermittently, but it's going to get worse because we've also got energy shortages. Think about the lack of coal power, the diesel problems that are happening right now. If you're in the military or the National Guard or Border Patrol or law enforcement and you need to be able to function even when the power grid goes down, or maybe you're a first responder, rescue team, firefighter, paramedic, you name it, you need to know about this equipment. So SAT123.com, folks. I love watching Bridie on TV and Mike Adams. Mike Adams, I love you more than Bridie on TV, but I love Bridie on TV a lot. I really have a man crush on Mike Adams. For your support of this platform, use the code BTV at checkout for additional savings. Brighteonstore.com. I am James Mundy with Liberty Monks Podcast. You can find us at www.libertymonks.com. We love watching uncensored truth, and that's what you get when you go to Brighteon. Amazing people at Brighteon, but you get uncensored information, and you get the truth there, and that's why we're huge fans of Brighteon Network. All right, my fellow Americans, welcome back to the Sheriff Mack Show. Richard Mack is not here, but I'm filling in, doing the best I can. My name is Sam Bushman. I'm the CEO of CSPOA, just so you know who I am. Uh, Sheriff Mack is still the founder and president, and what's happening is we've just got too many places to be, too many things to do, and so that's why I'm kind of uh, advanced, if you will, or promoted to the CEO position. We just need more people doing more things because of the tremendous uh, efforts we're making, trainings we're doing across the country, uh, and clearly people are asking us to be involved in just about everything under the sun. Sheriff Mack normally quotes his win over Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court back in 1997 over gun control, and I don't really have a quote for you from that. What I try to do is I read the Supreme Court case from Sheriff Richard Mack uh, summary, and then I, I develop discussions around principles. Richard Mack quotes quotes, and I highlight principles. And one of the principles uh, that the late Antonin Scalia, Supreme Court Justice, focused on in the win for Sheriff Mack, the loss for President Clinton at the time, is this principle. There is dual sovereignties in America, ladies and gentlemen. The general government has delegated, limited, defined authority given to it. By the we, the people, the consent of the governed, the states have been given broad authority and broad powers. But again, each sovereign, the state and the general government, the dual sovereigns, have specific responsibilities. Those responsibilities do not conflict, but they also divide and separate power. The general government has no authority over the states. The states created the general government, so there is some authority that the states have over the general government, but not the other way around. 
However, because we agreed to delegate authority to certain jurisdictions using checks and balances, we said to the general government, hey, in the Constitution, here's the list of things you can do. And then in the Bill of Rights, we said, and these are things you cannot touch. But understand, when we said that you cannot touch them, that doesn't mean the state can touch them either. Thus, the discussion at hand today. Welcome to the Sheriff Mag Show, CSPOA.org, if you want to get a copy of the Supreme Court decision that highlights this separations of powers and this dual sovereignty point that I'm making in incredible detail. To discuss the issues with me today is Sheriff Jeff Bullard. Uh, he's from Jefferson County, Illinois. SheriffBullard.com is his website, and he is an accomplished law enforcement officer with over 30 years of experience keeping families and communities safe. He has spent time in patrol, field training, investigations, problem-oriented policing, community policing, and a whole lot more. Best of all, He's a certified handgun, shotgun, rifle, low-light engagement instructor, and he received his Master of Science and Criminal Justice Administration from Missouri Baptist University. Sheriff, welcome to the Sheriff Mack Show. Good morning, Sam. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, catch me up a little bit about who you are. I know your credentials, but but tell me who Jeff is. You grew up in Illinois? I did. I grew up in Southern Illinois, spent most of my life there, except uh, when I went to uh, Southeast Missouri State in Cape Girardeau to get my bachelor's in criminal justice. I got my master's later on while I was about a 24, 25 year veteran. And uh, I've spent my entire adult life in the criminal justice field. I started at the uh, sheriff's office in Jefferson County in 91. And uh, in 1997, I uh, went over to the Mount Vernon Police Department, and I spent over 21 years there. And when I got elected as sheriff, I uh, retired as their detective captain. I was also assistant team commander for the high-risk team when I retired and became sheriff. And I uh, got to wear uh, many hats, even though Mount Vernon's a small city. Uh, you can take a look at it online. It's a very busy city. Uh, unfortunately, it has the problems with gangs, violence, uh, drugs, and uh, uh, many problems that larger cities have. And so it was a blessing to be able to fight crime in my community and gain a lot of experience that helped put me where I am today. Wonderful. We sure appreciate that. We appreciate your service. How long have you been sheriff? I just started my second term this last December. All right. Wonderful. And how long is the term for as sheriff in Illinois? Two years or four? It's four, four years. Four years. Okay. I just want people to learn because every county across the country is slightly different in how it all works. And the best part is you still have elected sheriffs for the most part in Illinois, right? That's correct. 102 counties. 102 counties. This gun control issue since Prisker um, within the mainstream press announcing this, uh, how many sheriffs have, have decided that they're going to stand together on this? Do you know? Or is there a certain number yet? Uh, there's about 90 now that are uh, publicly opposed to it, and most have said that they will not enforce it, myself included. And out of the 90, they're, they're standing together. What about the other 12? What are they saying? Are they just saying we don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole? Others uh, uh, divided. Some are not uh, going public with their position enough saying that they'll support it. Some of your uh, larger uh, population counties are, are – uh, stating that they will enforce it. 
my goal is not to pit you against the other sheriffs, but when they when they say they're going to support it, what do you, what do we need to do with these people? I mean, you can't support taking away guns from the American people. This is a staple of our society that's been uh, the case since we decided King George wasn't the man to play king, right? Well, I, I think it's an edu- educational process that we need to embark in for not just sheriffs and their deputies, but also for municipal policing, for uh, state police. Uh, they need to go back and look at their oath. And, and most oath of offices that you'll find for peace officers do not include the phrase blindly enforce all laws. It says you will uphold the constitution of both the state and the nation, and you'll faithfully discharge your duties. Now, one of the duties of a peace officer is enforcing the law, but that's a tool to maintain public order and safety. It's not the primary top of the heap function of a peace officer. And you know, why gun control is looked at through a different lens than other constitutional rights when it comes to the law enforcement profession uh, is, is still uh, kind of confusing to me because we go through annual continuing education on legal updates, uh, what case law is telling us. And uh, for instance, like the Fourth Amendment, when we can enter into someone's home lawfully uh, during a criminal investigation. And we have case law that gives us guidance on where we cannot cross those constitutional limitations and go into a violation. And many of the constitutional rights of our people, we get the, the training that states that here's the case law and here's what you cannot do. But for some reason with the Second Amendment, we have case decision, especially in Illinois with Washington, D.C. versus Heller in 2008, and then uh, McDonald versus Chicago in 2010, uh, that clearly is established United States Supreme Court case law that states the kind of gun control and limitations on the Second Amendment that's been uh, put in place by House Bill 5471 in Illinois uh, this year is totally unconstitutional and not enforceable based on not only the Second Amendment, but the United States Supreme Court decisions backing it up. And the uh, and I, I think it's something where we need to let peace officers know that, you know, just like you would any other constitutional right, whether it's whether or not when you have to Mirandize someone or, or when you can lawfully search a car, and what does the case law tell us? When we see a state law that we know uh, violates federal uh, Supreme Court case law, that that's the where we have to remember that the law does not trump the Constitution. The Constitution is always uh, top of the heap, and every government employee from the president on down has to answer to the Constitution. Nobody's above it. And, and that's that, because we, it's the supreme law, Sheriff. That's correct, and that we have to use what I call a constitutional lens when we look at government action, when we're getting ready to uh, – perform our duties, that we have to look at what we're about to do through a constitutional lens. Is it going to be proper enforcement of our duties, um, or is it going to cross uh, the constitutional uh, rights of our people and violate those rights? And we have to be very careful about that, and we we have to make sure that we are uh, steadfast in our dedication to serving in that capacity. Now, I want to talk about case law, as you mentioned a little bit, because case law in my understanding, is supposed to provide guidance and clarity about carrying out the supreme law. Case law is not intended to conflict and decide, uh, force folks like you and others to decide which law is going to play king. 
We know it's the supreme law of the land, but my point is case law is meant to clarify, to define, and to support the supreme law, uh, not conflict and cause issues, right? Correct. And uh, that's the job of the Supreme Court is that when uh, different entities in government uh, or even the private sector in government have conflicting views or actions conflict with each other, the Supreme Court gives the guidance to say, uh, what's the proper course to follow? And we've been given that uh, that proper course. You'll get the extreme gun control folks that will say, well, you believe that the Second Amendment should be an absolute right, and so you should have a tank or a nuclear weapon or or uh, an F, uh, F-15 uh, fighter pilot. And those uh, unreasonable, ridiculous, extreme views that gun control people will use. And my answer to that is D.C. versus Heller already took care of that. We're not talking about those extreme cases. We're talking about weapons in common use at the time. And these are those are the weapons that this uh, new uh, law that Illinois passed this year, those are the kind of weapons that are, are being targeted, not the extreme uh, examples, uh, but rather weapons that are common use and commonly owned uh, by the people of my state. Well, and to your point, talking about the extremes and saying, hey, you know, that means you can have an armored tank in your front yard and stuff or whatever. We're also not talking about, in my opinion, what are called scare words. In other words, there's no such thing as an assault weapon, sir. If I use that gun to defend my family from some thug, that's not an assault weapon. That's a rape me not. That's a kill me not. That's a stop the loss of life defense mechanism or whatever words you want to use. But these scare words have got to go, though, because it's no more an assault weapon uh, at all. It all depends on whose hands it in, hands it's in and what their intent is. Um, but the gun has no characteristics of its own except for the fact that it's a mechanical device to be used for good or for evil, depending on who's wielding it, right? So their scare words have got to stop if we're going to have an honest discussion about this, right? I agree, and it makes it harder and harder with so much cen- uh, censorship by the uh, left with the mainstream news media and different uh, social media outlets to actually have an honest debate and to call those uh, – politically correct buzzwords out for what they are. Another example in my state was they passed a ghost gun ban, uh, which was, we believe, uh, unconstitutional as well, and, and basically states that the people of Illinois can no longer have homemade weapons that do not have a serial number. And you and I both know serial numbers only serve government purpose. They don't serve private citizens. If you want to have an inventory of your own weapon, you can apply what's called an owner-applied number and register that with your insurance company. And then if your weapons get stolen, you can report that number uh, to law enforcement, but it's not something that uh, the government has to have. But by putting the ghost title on it, they outlawed uh, those homemade firearms, weapons that don't have serial numbers on them in my state. And it's, again, something that I don't support because it infringes upon the Second Amendment. And more importantly, when uh, gun control people use public safety arguments uh, to try to diminish the uh, the, the rights of the people under the Second Amendment, they're, they're not going after the people that are committing these crimes that many times weren't uh, lawfully allowed to have the weapons they were using anyway. The, these laws target uh, people who have never committed a crime. They own these weapons that are subject to the bans, and they're good law-abiding people, and they're being punished for the acts of others. And anybody who's had any kind of leadership training uh, whether private or public sector, knows that broad stroke policy decisions 
uh, based on the actions of a few is poor leadership. And you're supposed to deal with the people who are behaving bad and not penalize everyone else who is not behaving bad. And that's what these kind of bans do. They, they're, they're targeting and punishing people who've never done anything wrong. I'm a hard-hitting patriot, Sheriff, so I don't mean to put words in your mouth. Feel free to disagree or say whatever you want to, but I'm going to make a couple of statements that I really believe are relevant here. When Bill Clinton tried to force the Brady Bill down the American people's throats in 1997, Richard Mack stood up and said, no, you're not doing that in my county. I'm the sheriff, and that's not happening in my jurisdiction. Uh, Bill Clinton said to Sheriff Mack, shut up, Sheriff, sit down, I'll arrest you if you don't cooperate. And Richard Mack said, I don't think so, and they went all the way to the Supreme Court, and Richard Mack won. And Bill Clinton lost. That's the kind of the quintessential modern day 10th Amendment decision saying the states are not subject to the general government. I bring that up to say that I believe Bill Clinton uh, was a criminal uh, at that point. He was acting criminally, uh, literally threatening to arrest a sheriff in a different jurisdiction. Literally, clearly, according to the Supreme Court, he did not have authority to mandate anything. But he did anyway, and he used force as his threat to try to get sheriffs to cooperate. I believe Pritzker is kind of in the same area now here where, look, when you violate the supreme law of the land and you do so knowingly and willingly because you have a contrary agenda and you do it using force, as far as I understand, Pritzker's saying, hey, law enforcement will fire you uh, if you don't go along with this, quote, mandate. Um, to me, these these people who are acting such against the supreme law of the land – they're in criminal territory, Sheriff. Am I am I going too far? Well, I don't think Governor Pritzker has crossed that line yet. And I think uh, once uh, it started becoming a, a reality of how close his threats were getting to that line, I think he kind of retreated on that. Now he went from threatening, making broad general threats to now just accusing us of grandstanding. Uh, and I said uh, on uh, an interview with Newsmax yesterday that uh, I'm not the one that's eyeballing the White House and thinking of a national run for president. I'm happy where I'm at. I don't need to grandstand, but I remember my oath and and he doesn't. But what he's if he calls out a sheriff by name and threatens to remove them from office um, the uh, for them upholding their oath and sticking to the duties that they uh, had sworn to do then we have a state law in Illinois, which called aggravated intimidation. And I've sent gang members back when I was an officer uh, working the street or working cases. I've sent uh, gang members to prison for threatening me for doing my job. And uh, it's called aggravated tim intimidation. And there's several factors in there. And you can't threaten public officials for doing their job. And me upholding my oath and saying we're not going to enforce um, a law, a state law that we know violates the federal constitution and supporting United States Supreme court case law, uh, to, th if he would threaten uh, a sheriff by name to have them arrested or removed from office from doing their constitutional duty, I would believe that he would cross the line at that point. But to my knowledge, he hasn't done that yet. Is threatening by name or just this general threat to all law enforcement in his state though? It seems to me that, you know, if you had an, an employer-employee relationship and those kind of tactics were used, it would be considered uh, problematic. To me, it's very similar in a sense, isn't it? Well, like I said, it, it skirts the line. It gets close, but I think okay. – uh, yeah, it, uh, I don't think he's got there yet. And I don't think you could get a state's attorney to charge him just for making the broad statements along the way. But if they targeted a sheriff I see. Uh, specifically, I think that that would change the game.
Now, when you say that he's backed off quite a bit, that's nice to see, but he's still pushing the agenda. He still thinks that it's law, and he still thinks that it needs to be enforced and obeyed. Uh, my question, though, is what about the DAs? We know 90-plus sheriffs are saying, uh-uh, not in my county, and we commend all of you sheriffs for that stance. Are there a lot of district attorneys and county uh legislative bodies, et cetera, in other words, all three branches of government within the counties, are they standing tall, too, with the sheriffs? The state's attorneys, uh, that's the title for the chief prosecutor in each county in Illinois. They are they are much quieter. State's You'll get attorneys. some that are more vocal, um, but they are not as public as the sheriffs are at this time. But, but are they standing, though, behind the scenes? Are they willing to hold the line here? Well, the good thing is I believe that most of them will answer to their constituents and uh, most of the counties uh, in Illinois do not want this law. It's only a very small number of counties. Unfortunately, they have the largest population and they carry the politics in Illinois. But uh, the state's attorney has the ultimate charging authority in each county, and I believe that most of them are not going to touch this law with a 10-foot pole. All right, so we have good news in that people are standing up. We have bad news in that other states are trying to follow Illinois. Colorado close on its heels. California has always been kind of crazy. The sad part is it seems to me where these battles are the hottest is where we have the most amounts of abuses, meaning uh, shootings and, and, and violations of gun rights. The more it seems like they clamp down, the worse it gets, Sheriff. Well, I agree. I mean, you see the example that Chicago provides, and my heart goes out to the officers of Chicago PD and Cook County Sheriff's Office and what they have to deal with up there. Very high crime rate, very violent, a lot of shootings, a lot of murders, uh, and very little support from the political body up there for the job, the very dangerous job they have. And it's an example. I mean, that's some of your strongest gun control comes from uh, the Chicago Cook County area. And it, it's... Uh, it's just, it, it contradicts what we know. I also teach concealed carry. All right, hang tight. I got a quick break. I have to take Sheriff Jeff Bullard, Sheriff of Jefferson County, Illinois, with me. SheriffBullard.com in seconds on Brighteon.tv. If you don't want to eat GMOs and pesticides in your storable food, choose organic, lab-tested, storable food solutions from the Health Ranger Store. We are the only emergency food manufacturer in the world that subjects each of our ingredients to rigorous laboratory testing that covers herbicides, heavy metals, aflatoxins, identity testing, and bacteria tests, including E. coli, salmonella, yeast, and mold. At HealthRangerStore.com, you'll find certified organic, lab-tested, freeze-dried fruits, microalgae superfoods, protein powders, and supplements. We offer emergency first aid colloidal silver products made with Texas rainwater. And our ranger buckets feature an impressive assortment of organic storable food items professionally vacuum-sealed in heavy-duty bags that are stacked in rugged buckets for long-term storage. Check out our preparedness foods, supplements, personal care, and emergency first aid products at healthrangerstore.com. At the Brighton store, we offer a variety of colloidal silver solutions that we make in Texas using Texas rainwater and specialized circuitry that I personally designed to produce silver ions in purified rainwater. We have a colloidal silver extra strength spray, a silver-based first aid gel, as well as a colloidal silver herbal mouthwash solution that 
people just rave about. Each one of these is subjected to our rigorous laboratory testing for metals, glyphosate, and microbiology in order to ensure product purity and safety for your health. We manufacture our own silver products right in the heart of Texas and deliver them to you using our own warehousing and fulfillment infrastructure that we built to serve real America. All of us here at Brighton, thank you for your support. Shop our silver products at brightonstore.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, his website is SheriffBullard.com to learn more about him. Sheriff Jeff Bullard with me. He's from Jefferson County, Illinois. He's been in law enforcement for over 30 years. He's got more credentials than I even know what to do with. Uh, Nevertheless, he's a wonderful gentleman, understands patriotism, believes in and supports the oath of office and the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. And you're making a statement right before the pause, Sheriff. Do you want to go ahead and finish? That uh, it's about the uh, public safety argument that gun control advocates make, and it, it never holds water. And there's never, as long as there's an open, honest debate about it, where you have people who actually have public safety experience to join in. Uh, and I teach concealed carry. I teach active shooter for civilians um, and have worn many hats over the years. And there's some simple concepts that just cannot be escaped. And one of them is when seconds count, law enforcement's only minutes away. And we've seen that time and time again. What, what is the public doing during a violent crime in progress uh, while they're waiting first to call 911 and then after 911's called, waiting for the police to get there to uh, stop the violent crime? Well, if they're taking no action and they don't have the proper tools to protect themselves, uh, then there's more casualties. And you can even see back in 2013 with the CDC report that President Obama uh, commissioned about gun violence, that one of the factors that came uh, out of that finding was that people who are armed are much less likely to be harmed during attack than those who are unarmed. And they're just everything about it from the constitution to practical public safety. There's nothing that supports the gun control um, narrative other than irrational fear. And we have to continue to educate people uh, my concealed carry classes are, are, are full of good people. They're responsible people. Um, and of all the people that I have uh, taught since 2013, when it first became law in Illinois, that I've only had one student that has behaved uh, improperly and lost their uh, ability uh, to carry through their own actions. And, you know, a lot of good people. And the the absent of any wrongdoing, the government has to is forced to trust the American people. The Constitution forces the government to trust the American people. They cannot take away their rights because of the actions of a few. It's also fascinating to me, maybe I'm not the brightest bulb in the room, but I look at this and say what's fascinating to me is every time some psychopath goes crazy with a gun, without exception, a good guy with a gun stops them. That may be law enforcement, 
if there's nobody else armed and, it, and carnage happens for a while till they get there, uh, that may be a citizen. But it's always a good guy with a gun that stops them, no matter where or how or what, every time, unless they turn on themselves and shoot themselves or something. But, again, it's always a good guy with a gun that stops them. Can't we just have more guns true. then? I'm sorry, what was that? Can't we just have more good guys with guns then? Oh, that's a definite strategy, and I think it's a more practical and constitutional strategy. If 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 a business, if a, a government entity, um, the uh, if any organization has a security uh, concern, then armed security on their premises would be the most practical answer. And uh, we're fortunate to have uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman living in uh, our state, uh, actually over uh, in the Metro East area. And he provides a lot of uh, public safety training, and he's got a very good comprehensive school safety program out there. And it involves uh, things like uh, armed security, school resource officers, and voluntary uh, armed teachers who are properly vetted and trained. And uh, an overall comprehensive plan that in Illinois is not allowed because teachers cannot do that under the current uh, setting. So uh, the gun control mentality, uh, it actually hurts good, solid strategies for public safety and not just out in the public sector, but also in sensitive areas like our school with little kids. It seems to me like the community policing idea could take us a long way in this as well, building trust between uh, those who are uh, in law enforcement or, you know, protect, serve, defend, uh, and the people. The more of a relationship we build, the greater our chances for the the uh, law enforcement, such as yourself and others, to have eyes and ears of faithful uh, partners, right? Oh, absolutely. And that, and. We, uh, we're blessed in Jefferson County to have a community that overwhelmingly supports us. I mean, and, and I know that there's jurisdictions that are not that way in other parts of the state and other parts of the nation. And it, it's something that we value the relationship we have with our community. And because of that, we get more crime solved. We're able to be more effective because the community works with us more. And, it, and it's one of those things where we also understand that because of our oath, that means we don't blindly enforce all the laws all the time. We take a look at our action through that constitutional lens, and we do everything we can to respect the rights of the citizens that we serve while trying to protect them and also maintain order. And I believe that uh, builds a lot of trust, a lot of respect. Um, and uh, and by raising the standard of the, the bar, by being a consummate professional and have that goal to always serve professionally, with through that constitutional lens, it just builds relationships with the community you serve and builds that trust, and it makes you uh, better at your job. So, uh, Governor Pritzker has um, security around him, correct? Correct. Are they going to be reducing the amount of uh, ammo in their magazines for the, uh, him as well? I don't know exactly, but I would suspect not. Uh, so to me, that seems to be a problem. At some point when you're a government official, you take an oath to the supreme law of the land, which he's violating by uh, pushing contrary law. But at the same time, I kind of come back and say uh, it's pretend legislation if you directly conflict with the supreme law of the land. But most importantly, how does his oath of office give him special protection to not live by the same rules that he wants to dish out to the rest of us? 
Well, and that's another thing that law enforcement in my state doesn't need to fall for, and that is by uh, adding into this law a law enforcement exception, meaning that uh, if you're in law enforcement, you're exempt from uh, this gun control act that's passed. It, it uh, tries to make the law enforcement back off and be more to it uh, because, well, since I don't have to follow it, all I have to do is enforce it, then uh, that it, it, it puts – uh, our peace officers in our state in a precarious position where, you know, it's not about me. It's about those I serve. And I don't care what kind of exemptions they put in for law enforcement. What's right is right. And what's wrong is wrong. And this law is 100% wrong. And we have to continue to push forward with that. And hopefully more and more uh, officers and law enforcement leaders in our state and across this nation really understand that if we want to be united behind the badge, that badge has got to be serving the federal constitution first and foremost. And that's where we can find our common ground and to our oaths. And then all the other stuff can be worked out. But how we serve the public is uh, how we serve the constitution. That's great news. I think more and more Americans are waking up to the education that we provide on all levels. Uh, but a good news piece also is a judge issued a, quote, temporary restraining order last Friday ordering the new, quote, Illinois law banning assault-style weapons, which I think is a, a misnomer in terms. But nevertheless, uh, in high-capacity magazines, he basically put it on hold. I guess he's uh, – uh, Effingham County Judge Joshua Morrison issued the order after a former Republican candidate for Attorney General Tom DeVore sued to block the law. DeVore said that he's representing hundreds of people from dozens of counties who simply argue that the law violates their constitutional rights. This judge is a hero, sir. Well, I, I agree. The judge is doing it. Job properties, uh, taking a look at existing case law and uh, how to interpret the uh, uh, the Constitution, and that's his job. And I believe he made the correct ruling. Uh, my my big concern is is that since it's a state court ruling in Effingham, that uh, that it's going to be subject to the Illinois Supreme Court, and where that's a five Democrat, two Republican. Uh, panel on the Illinois Supreme Court. And what we're afraid is it's going to fall along party line. We hope that's not the case. We hope the Supreme Court justices do their job, pay attention to the available federal case law at hand and rule uh, alongside with the Effingham County judge. So we're not putting all our eggs in that basket. The Illinois State Rifle Association, the American Firearms Association, I believe, and the Second Amendment Foundation have filed a federal lawsuit. Uh, and that's the one that we're uh, watching as well. We'll head right to uh, our uh, U.S. Supreme Court that's already uh, ruled uh, several times in favor of uh, private gun owners' rights. And uh, so we're, we're keeping our eye on that one. It seems to me that the enemies of liberty are pretty wise in, in what they do. They wage themselves or, you know, wedge themselves in, in the middle of very controversial things. Part of the reason that I think Illinois is used as kind of the kickoff for this agenda at the state level. It used to be the, the general level, but of course, Bill Clinton got shut down by Sheriff Mack 25 plus years ago. However, in the states, it seems like they're going after it now. The reason they picked the state of Illinois is Illinois does not have 
uh, in its state constitution as strong of a defense of the Second Amendment than maybe other states do. Now, I don't think that's a problem because, as I mentioned at the start of the program, I think there's dual sovereignties. And what was delegated to the general government said, hey, keep your hands off the guns. That was meant to be nationwide. Uh, but states are trying to use these loopholes, and especially states without as strong of language, constitutionally speaking. Uh, in the state of Illinois, from what I understand, is that basically in the state constitution says, hey, subject to, uh, I'm not sure what it's called, police power or police authority or whatever, then this and that. And it, it gets a little bit fuzzier in the language, doesn't it? Yes, that's correct. And how I interpret it is uh, officer safety, like uh, – that in the Illinois Constitution, it says the right of the people to, to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, and it says subject to police power. I believe that's officer safety only, that on a traffic stop or some contact where, where like, there would be a Terry versus Ohio type issue where you have a reason to believe that there's criminal activity going on and that they uh, could possibly be armed. Uh, you know, or an arrest situation, something where you're acting on legal authority as an officer, you could disarm someone at that point. And I keep that pretty narrow. I don't believe it goes uh, beyond that anyway, because that way it stays in line with U.S. Supreme Court uh, uh, past rulings on police officers' actions on when they can uh, disarm a, a citizen. But uh, it, it's funny you point that out also that uh, – uh, there was one of our former instructors, uh, he passed away a few years ago, Kevin Burke. He did, uh, for decades, he did law enforcement legal update training. And he always called the Illinois Constitution a lockstep doctrine with the federal constitution, meaning it's supposed to be in lockstep, step by step with the federal constitution. And when you'll hear gun control people say that the Second Amendment was met for the militia uh, and not for private citizens, uh, especially in Illinois, I say, well, you better take a look at the uh, Illinois Constitution, which is a lockstep doctrine, and in the right to bear arms in there, it mentions nothing of militia. It just says, period, the right of the people shall not be infringed. It makes no mention of militia or military or anything. And I think that by taking a look at history, we can piece it together, you know, what the Founding Fathers' intent uh, was and that it's properly, uh, that the Second Amendment is to protect private gun ownership of possession and uh, transporting, bearing it in public. I want to also double down on your point because I think you're exactly right about this lockstep doctrine. In fact, because of the separation of powers that I mentioned in the dual sovereignties, uh, people in the state of Illinois just kind of took it for granted saying, well, we know that's already been keeping your hands off in the Second Amendment at the general level. We don't need to create more guidance. We need to respect that dual sovereignty uh, that's in place and our constitution mirrors that separational understanding. It's not that it's weak because they don't care that it's not true or it merely mirrors that in-step doctrine you highlight and it, and it recognizes the delegated, divided or checks and balance based authority. Uh, Sheriff, I think that was the intent and now it's being used against us in a manipulated, dishonest way, sir. Well, I, I agree. There are certainly uh, there are forces that uh, continually want to disarm the American people. You see it every year. Um, and I remember back a town hall meeting uh, years ago when President Obama was still in office and a, uh, a person in the crowd asked him about his gun control efforts. And, you know, and he, he made the statement then that, uh, you know, well, we're not coming after everyone's guns. We're only trying to do this little bit and this little bit and take only these certain ones. 
And uh, it, I always wish I was at these places so I could do a follow-up question. I'm never present when the stuff goes on uh, because my follow-up question will be uh, for the president then would have been, well, we understand you are not trying to take all the guns from the citizens uh, at this time. Uh, but we, uh, but you're playing your part and you are taking that step towards total disarmament sometime in the future. And that cannot be done in one fail swoop. The, the American public would never go for that for suddenly everyone has to be disarmed. So it has to be done in incremental steps. And Obama's administration took their steps. Uh, President Clinton took his steps. I mean, different things uh, along the way. Uh, and you can even, I mean, even President Reagan, uh, yeah, who's one of my favorites, uh, he even endorsed the Brady Bill uh, publicly, you know, and incremental steps on total disarmament. And we just have to say, no, there's a line in the sand. A good line in the sand right now is D.C. versus Heller. Weapons that we have right now, uh, you can't take them. They're protected by the Constitution. And I think we need to draw a very hard line in the sand there. All right, Sheriff Bullard, you received your Master of Science in Criminal Justice Administration from Missouri Baptist University. To me, this is a spiritual battle as well as a, as a physical battle. And I'm not calling for arms. I'm merely highlighting, highlighting the differences of opinion uh, and the law and everything. This is as spiritual as it is physical, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, the good book talks about we don't uh, – battle against flesh and blood, but actually principalities and the heavenly places. I mean, this is, this is literally a battle between good and evil. And the Bible talks about freedom being from him. I mean, it, there's freedom through him. And so anyone who would be trying to take freedom away from people, uh, that's not of him. And, you know, and that's how people will try to turn around, especially as, uh, on Christians like myself and try to use Romans, the book of Romans against us and say that we're supposed to subject ourselves to governing authorities. And I agree the Bible does say that, but they also need to understand how the United States of America and a constitutional republic operates. The governing, the supreme governing authority for our nation is the federal constitution. And every government employee, elected, appointed, hired, whatever, has to follow it. And when they are not following it, they are breaking the law and they lose their governing authority at that point when they do it. Uh, and so at that point, now, when Pritzker they're breaking basically the law, says that you guys can't. Sorry, Sheriff Pritzker says you guys can't pick and choose. But I submit to you that the supreme law of the land has been in place. He's picking and choosing to violate his oath and go against that. Right. Oh, absolutely. And the thing that we have to, as a people, have to stand up and say, enough of politicizing the Constitution. That's uh, in, that's one of the effective tools uh, that's being used right now. And why does more and more issues become political in nature? Uh, because if you look at history, why are we a free uh, nation? Uh, the Black Robe Regiment preaching freedom from the pulpit before we became an independent nation. And so now what's the enemy do? Uh, the enemy of freedom, what they do, they make everything a political argument and then tell the churches they have to be silent on it because they can't talk about it. Uh, and unfortunately, many listen. I submit to you, Sheriff, there's no such thing as politics. That's just a word they use to divide and uh, eventually conquer us if we're foolish enough to go along. I submit to you that there are no politics at all. Everything is a moral discussion, and we want to be on the right side of the moral issue every time. 
Yes, I, I agree that, uh, and like I said, it's a, a battle in the heavenly places and it's good versus evil and the side that represents freedom, that represents those good principles, um, and is not confused by the deception. Uh, we can provide you peace and security if you give us all your freedom and not falling for the lies of that. I mean, they, it's pretty clear which, um, uh, which side that I want to be on. And that's uh, representing and protecting the God-given freedoms of the people of our land. Amen. Sheriff, where is this headed and what can we do to support the effort to defend our rights according to the supreme law of our land, sir? Where, what, what do we need to be doing and where is this headed? Well, I think uh, what we saw in Effingham County is a good start. And that's uh, back when we were bad, all the, uh, the uh, illegal executive orders by Governor Pritzker after the first 30 days of the national emergency with COVID. Um, and people were coming to me and they were upset about how their children were being treated in schools. And they were upset about uh, the different mandates. Uh, and they didn't know what to do. And people by themselves, they feel so overwhelmed and so helpless. But uh, what has happened in this gun control act in Effingham County is something that I was telling people in my county that they should do. And that is, you know, getting a lawyer by yourself is, uh, can be overwhelming and expensive, but you get um, seven, 800 people, like-minded people that are fighting the same cause to get one lawyer. And then suddenly you go from spending thousands of dollars in corporate meetings down to just a few hundred because everybody's chipping in. And that's what people need to, uh, to belong to organizations that uh, they can be better educated, where the communication is uh, improved, where they don't feel isolated. They go seek like-minded individuals. Uh, and then when they believe that their government has encroached uh, or oppressed their rights, that they band together uh, and they develop strategies to, to, to go after it. And it's a, uh, and we need more, uh, sheriffs especially who are the top constitutional peace officer in each county that they serve we need uh, more of them to be vocal and to step up and saying you know when i look through the constitutional lens of this law or this action that it's wrong and we're not going to do it and if it comes to our county we're going to stop that we're going to do what it takes to stop that in our county because we have to protect the rights of our people we've sworn an oath to do so Sheriff, we're about out of time, but if you could say one thing to the American people, what would it be? Well, never lose heart, never give up, always keep the faith. But the faith, first and foremost, must come from our Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe in him, I invite you to look into him. And uh, because once you do, it will change your life forever. Thank you, Sam. Sheriff Jeff Bullard, thank you so much for your time, sir. We really appreciate you. You're an American hero. We'll look forward to seeing you at our rally and our training on March the 4th in Illinois. SheriffBullard.com, thanks again, sir. God bless you. The Sheriff Mac Show, CSPOA.org. To leave a message, press 1. To change your message, press 7. Hey, Mom, Dad, Mark here. Wow, I love college. Really? I never knew living on my own could be so uh, good for me. Uh. To change your message, press 7. So, here I am at college. It's cool. Well, 
Of course, it's only been a week. Detect your message. Hey, it's me. I was just remembering that time I hit my first home run. You know, through the garage window. Thanks for not being mad. No. Detect. Hi. Boy, I miss you guys. I miss my room. I miss waking up to warm socks straight from the dryer. Warm socks? Family. Isn't it about time? Hi, it's Mark. Um, love you guys. Uh, I'll call you later. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is a battle. A battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on Brighty on Radio, Brighty on TV, Liberty News Radio. Loving Liberty Radio Networks, our chief primary syndicator, Loving Liberty Radio Networks. Just great stuff, folks. We just talked to Jeff Bullard. Sheriff Bullard is uh, an incredible man. SheriffBullard.com. He's from Jefferson County, Illinois. He's one of the key sheriffs standing up against this gun control uh, belligerent agenda, this gun grab by Illinois Governor Pritzker and others. Uh, and shame on him. Uh, meaning Pritzker for doing this, but good for Sheriff Jeff Bullard and others that are standing up. I mean, this guy's got credentials like you wouldn't believe. Uh, he went to Baptist, um, uh, Missouri Baptist University, and man, the guy's a certified handgun, shotgun, rifle, low life, low light engagement, and active shooter instructor. The guy had taught criminal justice. For over a decade at a college, uh, pioneering new classes, uh, helping law enforcement leaders understand their roles, their responsibilities. He completed over 6,000 hours of classes in management, supervision, and leadership to continue his education and provide greater guidance and leadership for those who he serves. During his career, he spent time in patrol, field training investigations, problem-oriented policing, community policing, and tactical team operations, providing his experience in all levels of law enforcement. This guy is a hero, folks. And these guys are the kind of people that are taking on Pritzker, God-fearing Americans who understand the proper role of government and the rule of law. Thank heavens for Jeff and others in the great state of Illinois. I know Chicago has been a bastion of 
<laughs> disarm the good guys so the criminals can run them up plan. But it's failed, and Americans are seeing that truth and that reality. We have got to stand up strong in Illinois, though, ladies and gentlemen, because <clears throat> they've got several states right on the heels. Uh, and there's not as many people standing up in those other states. Colorado is a great example. Where the heck are the Colorado sheriffs to say, uh-uh, not on my watch, not happening, no go. See, that's what we need in America. We need good, honest Americans and patriots standing together. I wish I had a little more time with a good sheriff because I wanted to talk to him about posses. It's one of the great, great solutions where um, those who are in law enforcement, I don't like to use that term because it makes me believe it's enforcement. I like to think of peace officers, but it's where peace officers and sheriffs, the county sheriff, America's last hope, one of Sheriff Max Books highlights this point that I'm making. We can work together. Community policing can have us work together. and We can be the posse, the eyes and ears, and based on training, uh, sometimes in all kinds of roles, whether it's search and rescue, whether it's eyes and ears in neighborhoods, whether it's intel providing information, uh, whether it's um, you know security in certain venues. Uh, we, the people, can work with peace officers to truly stand for God, family, and country, truly make peaceful society. And you know what? The key to the exercise is good guys with guns that are trained to use them properly. That really changes the game. Every time a gun crime occurs, a good guy with a gun eventually stops that criminal. Uh, we just need more good guys with guns so they can get to the protection of everyone else sooner. That's all we need. Okay. Uh, we don't get the chance to debate this in the mainstream press. As, as uh, the good sheriff said, basically, hey, I, you know what? Whenever they bring up these points, I'm never there to defend them, but I sure wish I was. And if I was, here's what I would say. But Sheriff Bullard highlighting the reality. We need to open forum, discuss this, debate this, bring the information to the American people. The only way we can do that is the new media taking center stage and you folks supporting the new media so that we can grow, 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 grow. Just imagine instead of talking to, say, 3 million of you, or whatever this show is, what if it was 300 million? You gotta help us spread the word, and to do that, we need increased funding. LovingLiberty.net is the nationally syndicated network that I'm involved with, along with several others, and we're grateful for all of you. Radio stations, TV, Brideon, everyone, God bless you, and thank you for your work. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. I am Sam Bushman, and this is Liberty Roundtable Live, where we bring solutions to the problems we discuss every time. This is Solutions Radio. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. America.